Hello, folks. Welcome back once again, as we always do, to the best podcast in junior hockey. I I keep saying welcome back, but it really feels like it really feels like we've never left. This has been a season unlike any other, but with the expansion of what the Dan K Show offers to you, the folks at home, with the podcast and the pictures and the top five goals video, we feel like we're just everywhere all the time. And another man who feels like he's everywhere all the time because of the sheer volume of coffee he drinks in a given day. It's Dan K. Dan, welcome to the show. I'm basically the flash without the running speed at this point. It feels like I'm moving a million miles per minute with all the caffeine I got coursing through me on these, on these Mondays specifically when we tape. I'm excited, Lucas. We were just digging through the numbers, man. We were going through viewership numbers for the audio podcast, the video podcast, not just the most listened to audio podcast, the most watched video podcast in the country in junior hockey, but actually lapping the field everywhere. That is big time news for the Dan K show. It's been a fun year, a crazy year for everybody. And now we join our, our guest. We bring in a, an awesome guest, a guest who's got to be going through a whirlwind of things. It's day one moving day for him to the new gig, the new coach of Riviera University. Eric Sorensen, Mr. Head Coach, how is it going? It's going good. It's going good. Thanks for having me, guys. I, uh, you know, I think I've had my fair share of coffee today, too, and I'm certainly going to need it here over the, the coming weeks and months. Uh, we are going to have some awesome conversation with Coach today. Whenever you get a chance, you know, in this game of hockey, Luke's and I always talk about it, folks. There, there's, you always feel like there needs to be even more opportunity. There's so much at the junior level. There's so much coming up through the game that's growing that you want to see the buy-in at the collegiate level. And, and you're seeing it now, whether it's in the ACHA, the NCAA Division One adding teams, growing, and now NCAA Division Three doing the same. We've seen teams continually adding. We've worked with Albertus Magnus in these past years as they went through their inaugural season. Now, Riviere's jumping into the game, and I'll tell you, folks, at Riviere University, you're going to love this sport. It is the best thing on campus. It's incredible. These athletes that will be coming on the campus that you'll be watching, it is going to be top-notch hockey, professional atmosphere. Bring the noise, though. Bring the noise on campus. With that, Lucas, we got to bring we got to bring the bills. We got to pay the bills real quick. We got to go through our reviews, as you know, folks at home. Lucas is our our adult beverage connoisseur for those hockey parents at home looking to follow their kid along on his junior hockey trip and trek. And for Dan K, I'm a coffee guy. I'm big time in the caffeine. Lucas, what do you got in the review plate this week? Well, I've got something that. I didn't. I haven't had in a while, and I'm glad I was able to go back to it. The folks at home know that I love to grab something local to the coach, player, or person that we're interviewing. So I grabbed something out of New Hampshire. I grabbed something from Smutty Nose, and I grabbed the Robust Porter. Now, this is one of my favorites that, you know, every, when you get a favorite beer, you, you stop drinking it for some reason. It's a Catch-22 of craft beer, and this is one that I'm glad I got back to. Nice dark color, uh, a light smell a full flavor taste, a really, really good example of the style. A porter is not a stout. A porter is a much lighter beer. It's designed to be that way, popular with the uh, warehousemen and river porters where the, the name comes from in the 19th century London. And I think this beer is a really good example of the differences between porters and stouts. Nice and light, refreshing. Uh, you could drink a couple of them, 6.2% alcohol by volume, not too intimidating, Lots of good roasted flavors, so I, I really recommend it. 
Wow. What, what's the score? There? By the way, every time you talk about these things, you just sound so cultured. I, I don't want to get coffee review. It's kind of just like, hey, this is this is the coffee I drank today and it tasted delicious. But I, what, what what's the score on this guy? Well, I always like to give preference to what I consider to be examples of the style. And I think this is a good example of the style. Uh, I give this an 8-6. This is really, really good. And the fact that you could get it in Jersey and the fact that it's in New Hampshire, Dan, I I think this might be a brewery that we need to go visit next time we get up there. Done. I'm in. Don't got to sell me on it. I'm down for it. Lucas, this week, I'm going to be honest with you. I I basically forgot to pick up a coffee. All right. I I, I forgot. I, I was supposed to have a coffee on tap that I was supposed to go pick up. It's now pushed back to next week. But what you go through in an inaugural season for a team is you got to, you got to pivot. You got to make moves. You got to make changes. At times you got to fly by the seat of your pants while things are all coming to fruition, because we all know in the world of competitive sport in the world of live sport, there, there are no plans that stay unbroken, right? We always have to be able to shift and change and be malleable to the situation. So I looked in the back of the fridge and guess what? Starbucks comes through again for the Dan K show. And it's the, Caramel macchiato or caramel macchiato. You say tomato, I say tomato. In the cold brew form, Lucas. And this is cold brew espresso mixed in with some cold brew styled caramel brew. It's delicious. It's wonderful. It's a little sweet, little on the sweet side. So what I like to do is mix it with my regular cold brew. And this is for you coffee fanatics like me out there where you have your hot coffee in the morning and then you throw the cold stuff on later in the day, even if it's negative two degrees outside. This thing will get you jolting. It'll get you going. Anything from Starbucks in a cold brew container brings the energy with it. A lot of times you're dealing with the stuff at home and it just doesn't do the trick. The Starbucks at home in cold form does the trick. I'm giving this one a 7-2 because it's sweet. Stick with a blonde roast cold brew if you got the choice. That's a 9-1. But gets the job done. And I'll tell you, we got to get to our guest now. We got to talk with new head coach of Riviera University, Eric Sorensen, the inaugural season coming up, a lot of work ahead of him. He's just moved into the new office space, kind of, because coach, you're in a training room right now. How are things going with you out there at the new job? Yeah, it's good. It's been uh, it's been a great first day. Uh, I accepted the job a little over a week ago, and since that happened, I've met a lot of great people up here. And you know, it's nice to finally be here. It's nice to to really get it going and and start making the phone calls and and the contacts. And uh, there's a whole lot of moving parts, but uh, it's a really exciting time. You know, obviously for me, but also for the folks here at Riviera. Now, I mean, we we worked alongside with with Kyle Wallach a little bit as he took on the the task of launching a new hockey program from scratch, right? Uh, at a school that hasn't had it historically. You look at it here. What was it about this new challenge, about this new opportunity that was was the, the big buy-in for you? What was that big buy-in when you looked at this opportunity with Riviera University? I think for me, it was the excitement level that everyone at the university uh, that I spoke with had. I think anytime you're, you're doing an interview, they want to know that you're confident, that you can do the job. And you want to know that they're there to support you uh, in a variety of ways. And, and when I went through the process, uh, I felt like, you know, everything that needed to be in place uh, was in place, that they were doing this for the right reasons. Um, and that, you know, I was going to get the support and the players were going to get the support from the school, both athletically and, and academically, that, 
was going to make it a really, a really good experience for everyone, not only uh, within the hockey team, but uh, the, the athletic uh, community here at Riviera and, and uh, just the whole university combined. Yeah. And I remember I was a GNAC guy back in the day after playing some Juco baseball, I played in the GNAC a little bit and, and Riviera university was, was always a school where in the past they were growing, they were always growing. And by the time I had rolled up into the GNAC, they had arrived and, and really started to put the TLC into their athletic department. And you're seeing that growth continue. And the addition of hockey, I mean, as, as a hockey player yourself, as a guy who's played in the NCAA Division III level, I mean, what, what would you say to, to folks at the university, students in the student body, about what this hockey program will bring to campus life and, and the university itself in terms of enriching the student body? Yeah, I think you kind of touched on it in the intro. Division III hockey uh, and the level of, of talent that's displayed, the excitement that it brings – um, I think is at a whole, whole other level. I mean, the, the amount of programs, I think it's 61 now, uh, at the division one level, and then we're pushing, getting close to 90 at the division three. Um, so the talent that you're seeing out there, um, is, is really just incredible. Um, and I think that, uh, it's something where, you know, those Friday nights, those Saturday afternoons, uh, it's going to give just another layer uh, of excitement, another, you know, option for, uh, other students to to come and watch some games. Obviously, we have some some great winter teams here as well um, with basketball. Um, you know, our volleyball teams are great, um, but it's going to be uh, you know as close to a professional atmosphere as I think that you could get uh, when it comes to um, you know just the excitement of it and the speed of play and the physicality. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, something that I think the university is really going to, to, you know, love their decision that they've made to add hockey here. I'll tell you, any school you see at it, it's an immediate love fest with the student body. We were up there at the, the first game of the inaugural season with Albertus Magnus. They had the quasi outdoor game going on, packed the house with students who were firing t-shirts into the stands. Just the, the atmosphere that the game of hockey brings, the sport's just a, a, it's a different thing. It's a different thing for those of you getting used to it, maybe listening for the first time to hear your head coach from Riviera University. This is, this is the sport to watch on a college campus. I love it more than anything. And, Coach, we're going to get more into your work there with Riviera coming up, the, the tasks ahead of you, your steps forward. But first, I, I want to I get to know you a little bit before we get into the deeper Q&A. You're former EJ guy here with the Syracuse Stars. You're a uh, big-time background in the game of hockey, success between the pipes there. Talk a little bit about yourself here. I mean, how did you get into the game? What, what was your route like uh, getting mm -hmm. here to this job today? Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm a, I'm a Western New Yorker, born and raised. Uh, you know, I grew up outside of Rochester and to two parents from Buffalo. So hockey was just kind of in my blood, I guess you could say, from the beginning. And you know, as a kid, I remember watching it. Uh, my parents probably weren't super pleased that uh, my idol at the time was Dominic Hasek. And so it was kind of at that point that I was like, all right, I'm going to be a goalie. Uh, and obviously things escalated and, and I ended up starting out my first year of junior hockey was with uh, with Syracuse, like you said, but it was in the, the, the junior B league, the Empire League there. And I uh, had a great coach, uh, great coaching staff, really. And um, Coach Montagna was the head coach at the time. And he moved up the next year to the EJ team, and I was fortunate enough to be along for that journey for the next two years. And 
um, you know, I really enjoyed my time in Syracuse. It was, you know, it was good. Obviously they've, the organization has, has moved, um, you know, obviously the Utica uh, junior comets now, but, um, really good people there. Uh, it really kind of helped me grow as a player. I think obviously living away from home for a period of time was, was helpful too. And it allowed me to kind of be able to, to manage my time, uh, when I got to college. So, um, you know, for me, it was, it was the, a decision that had to be made both academically and athletically and Western New England uh, was where I went and it was a great fit for me. Um, it checked all the boxes uh, that I wanted it to check. We had, uh, you know, a very large class, somewhat similar to what we'll have here next year um, because Coach Heffernan had just come from Fredonia and was kind of, you know, revamping the program. And it was a great four years. I, I had a lot of great teammates, a lot of great guys and, uh, you know, Fortunately, I think we all know, um, you know, in the profession and any profession, really, that networking gets us a long way. Uh, and throughout my time at Western New England, I wasn't too sure uh, where I was going to go or what I wanted to do. Um, but I, I was able through uh, a network uh, connection um, to get an internship down in Nashville after my junior year um, with the Predators in the Hockey Operations Department. And um, you know, I was just the biggest thing for me and it wasn't, you know, anything crazy, but it was, it was the fact that I was able to sit there uh, in early July when they were going through their free agency period and see just how involved the entire coaching staff, uh, you know, whether it's, it was at the time, Barry Trotz, um, the goaltending coach, Mitch Korn, who was, you know, my, my, my connection down there, um, to, you know, their strength staff and, and everyone, you know, in between and seeing how they were all kind of brought in together to, to, you know, kind of go forward here and figure out who to target and free agency. It made me realize, you know, building a team's a lot of fun. That'd be, that'd be something really fun. And I've got a love for the college game. Um, that kind of obviously is, is still with me to this day. So that's where it started for me. So that kind of made it my, my goal and my mission from then on out that I was going to be a college hockey coach. Um, obviously for me, I started my first four years of my career were, were at Nazareth college in Rochester, just a few minutes from, from where I grew up. And I worked for a, a fantastic uh, first boss by the name of George, uh, George Roll. And uh, George had come over from Clarkson. He knew, he knows a lot about the game. He's a tremendous person. Uh, you know, I can't say enough good things about him uh, and what he did for me in my career. Uh, and after four years there uh, and the people that I met, it, it was time for a, another challenge, another move. And so I moved on. Um, to Williams College in the NESCAC. And again, I had another fantastic boss uh, in Bill Kangas. And we're all different. We all have our different styles. And I know the two of them have different styles and it's worked for both of them. Uh, Bill, when I was there, fortunately, my second season with him, he was able to eclipse the 400 win mark uh, in the second game of the season. And um, it was just an honor to be a part of that. We had a, a fantastic team last year, uh, finishing you know first overall in the NESCAC for only the second time, I think, in the the history of the NESCAC, which is, I think, around 20 years now. Um, and, and again, it was time for a move. Uh, and, and this is an exciting challenge. It's an exciting time. And you have mentioned uh, Kyle Wallach a few times here, and I had a good call with him uh, after I accepted the job. And Dave McCauley and Anna Maria, just a couple of guys that have done it recently. Um, and, and again, I said it earlier, like, Riviera was able to check off a lot of my boxes and nearly all of them, really um, all of them. So uh, I'm at this point now where, yeah, it's day one. I'm finally in a, in an office uh, in our training room and um, burning through the, uh, 
the battery life on my phone. <laughs> yeah, we're doing the same thing here. We've been on it all day working, but it, you hear this. I mean, folks at home, you can, you can tell the soil of good coaching was there for you. I mean, Barry Trotz is where you start the idea of how to build a great coach. And you look at who you've played for, who you've worked with, who you worked for. I mean, it's incredible to see just what makes success behind the bench. And I guess last question for me before I kick it to Lucas with the Q&A, what really, I mean, when you look at a player, you know, you, you've seen this now from behind the bench. You've seen it now on the ice. When you're looking at, at hockey players, what kind of things are you looking for? What's standing out to you when you're getting on that recruiting trail? I mean, what, what's the, what are the big things that stand out to you right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, uh, I would say 98, 99% of the coaches in the country, the first thing they're going to say is character. I think if you're starting a program, you got to have the understanding that uh, there's going to be highs and there's going to be lows. And, and um, you know, getting a, a player, a student athlete in with the right mindset of, of how to approach it, um, those peaks, those valleys uh, is going to be incredibly important. Uh, and that's always been something that's been instilled you know, in me from, you know, both of my bosses uh, up to this point in my career. Uh, and then from there, um, getting to, you know, on the ice uh, is just the ability to continually give that second effort, whether it's five to one for us or five to one against us, uh, guys that are going to go out there and not quit. Um, I think it's incredibly important to have that mindset, um, you know, number one, first and foremost. Uh, and then from there, obviously, it just varies based on, you know, positions and roles and that sort of thing, you know, ability to see the ice, uh, to move, are you communicating, how are, again, coming back to the character, you know, how do you treat your teammates, uh, especially now there's no fans in the stands, that's a lot quieter in those rinks, so you can hear things a little bit more um, than maybe you have in years past, so um, those are just a few things, uh, but certainly there's plenty more, but those are kind of my main, my main keys there when I'm looking at guys. And I've explained this to some of the young guys too, you know, throughout the year, even this year, it's quiet in those ranks. And even when the coaches are watching at home on hockey TV players, that that volume picks up, those microphones can hear on that camera, on those mics in the booth. So we always pay attention to what we're saying, pay attention to how we're playing and pay attention to the mindset we're taking out to the ice each and every day. With that, I go to make a mind of the Dan K show, the guy with the brains, the smart guy behind the scenes with all the information it's Lucas Jones. Lucas, kick it off with a Q&A. I'll be back, I'm sure, with a bunch more questions for Coach Sorensen. Thanks, Dan. Now, Coach, you, you've you've talked about a lot of the the introductory material so far, and, and it, I always get a kick out of hearing, you know, the, the path that coaches or players take to get where they are now. And it's been a path with a ton of highlights. And, you know, we'll definitely get to talking about the college and stuff. But the first thing I kind of want to ask is, How's the week been from a, from like, from a, a basic principle of just, you know, coming into work, working through the day, has it been sort of overwhelming? Has it been, have you felt like you're right in your element? Um, what are the ups and downs of the first week on the job of building a program? Yeah, great question. It's certainly been a, a, a bit of a change, um, you know, with everything that's been going on for the last eight, nine months, um, kind of being able to sit back and have a perspective on, on life and, and how lucky I am uh, and how lucky my family is to have, you know, good health, um, you know, with everything happening. But I've gone from zero to 100 
Uh, it's, it's been a whirlwind since, you know, I accepted the job and then the school put out a press release, uh, shortly thereafter, um, wrapping things up at, at, at Williams and, and sending an email to, to our players over there, um, which is, you know, a great group of guys, uh, obviously with a, a great opportunity in front of themselves and, and coach Kangas, um, again, grateful to the people who have reached out, um, <laughs> throughout my life, uh, folks from many years back who I may not have talked to in a long time have reached out to say congrats. And, um, you know, certainly I'm appreciative of that. And, and then now to the process of, of building a team to the process of, you know, discussing, um, our setup over at our rink Conway arena, um, making sure that the folks in the department here at Riviera know that I'm there for them, you know, that I'm a team player that I'm fully in on, on everything Riviera Raiders. Uh, it, it has certainly been a whirlwind, but, uh, I'm someone who enjoys being busy. Um, I enjoy being on, you know, my phone and making calls and texts and, and talking to people, um, certainly conversing, uh, and, and in a time where that stuff has been kind of few and far between, um, with everything happening in the world, certainly been nice to kind of get back out, uh, digitally, I guess you could say, and, and, and make these phone calls and, and, connections and and network and and so far have some really good calls with some really great kids and really great coaches well that's that's incredible to hear and you know we've we've said it i think everyone is the the phrase a year unlike any other has moved from being true to almost being a, a trope or a cliche even though it still is true um mm -hmm. you know we're we're still having to deal with not just the issue of not being able to to go to hockey events but you know, especially you're up in New Hampshire, where in New Jersey, these states signing on to almost like an interstate accord, you know, so you're having to navigate so much, making the already difficult job of building a program even more difficult. Um, but I do want to talk about the uh, your your history as a hockey player and how it builds into your approach to building a team, because a lot of times, especially on the Dan K show, Dan and I will have the discussion of where do you build a team from the net out or from the forward lines into the net. I'm a proponent of building from the net out, but I'm interested to see your perspective on this because you are, you're obviously a goaltender. You have coached and managed um, for some goaltending camps, the Mitch Korn goaltending camp. Um, and then obviously the starting goaltender when you played for new England university. Um, so does being a goaltender and having those roots is not just a player but as someone who's coached on the goaltending side of things, does that have a heavy impact in the way you build a team? Yeah, I think it does. I think, um, you know, obviously me being a goaltender and, and uh, understanding the importance of that position, um, you know, is, is point A. Uh, point B, you know, uh, George Roll at Nazareth, like he's a really big guy and on being fundamentally sound in the defensive zone. So it's, it's something that I, uh, I, I do believe in. I do believe in building from the net out. Um, I believe in, in having goaltenders that can, you know, steal games for you. And, um, you know, especially when you're building a program that that's arguably the most important position at any time, but especially when you're building a program. So, you know, I'd love to, to start from there. And, and it's something that, you know, we really, you know, we going back to last year, we, we harnessed, kind of that mindset at, at Williams. Um, we ended up being in league play, the, the team that got uh, scored on the least. I think we were tied with uh, with Trinity there. And that's something that uh, I was really proud of. Um, obviously, as a former goalie, it's something that I intend to 
uh, bring here to Riviere, uh, just being fundamentally sound from, from the net out. Um, but obviously the game's evolved. It's not just, uh, just about that end of the ice and, and, you know, as things move forward here, obviously continuing that fun, fundamentally sound approach to the neutral zone and then, you know, creativity in the offensive zone. And certainly there's a lot of time. Uh, we've had a lot of time over these last eight months, like I said, to, to kind of grow and learn as people, all of us, um, as, and me, myself as a coach, uh, and the amount of time I've spent on uh, Zoom and calls and that sort of thing, uh, learning. Uh, I feel like I've gained a lot of knowledge uh, that I hope to, to implement with this team next year, moving forward uh, in all three zones and in a creativity in that offensive zone. But it definitely, for me, starts in, in net. And I, I want to keep asking you a little bit about the goaltending side of things because yeah. I, I'll talk about defense all day. Uh, again, for the, the, for the regular show watchers, we all know Dan's a, a huge offensive guy. He loves the 9-8 the hockey games. And we did an outdoor game, and I believe the score was – two to one, the whole ice was fogged over and it was some of the best hockey that I, I can ever remember watching. Um, but from a, from a coach's perspective now, there's a couple of different types of goaltenders out there. There's goaltenders that like to get out and skate goaltenders that like to stay at home goaltenders who are, are moving all over the place. Do you zero win on a, on a style of goaltender or are you just trying to recruit the best ones out there and then see how they fit into a game plan? Uh, because a lot of, especially what we've seen this year at the NCDC and premier level, especially are goaltenders who are becoming much like you said in your last answer, an integral part of moving the puck, right? Getting the puck out of the zone, driving that offense forward, making the defensive zone now a little bit of an offensive movement. Um, so do you zero in on one style of goaltender or do you kind of react to the best guy that you can get? Yeah, uh, to me, it's, it. you know, I guess you could say it's the best guy and, and the best character, the best people. Uh, I look at a goaltenders as uh, they all don't play the same, um, you know, just to to use an example, right? You know, like Braden Holpe doesn't play like Henrik Lundqvist, who doesn't play like Jacob Markstrom, who doesn't play, um, you know, like, like Linus Olmark to throw a Buffalo reference in. Like they're all different. They all have their, their quirks. Uh, the difference, sometimes the biggest difference in, in guys is the, the space between their ears um, and their ability to process the game, their ability to think the game, to anticipate, um, and then to control their emotions. I think the biggest thing for goaltenders, I mean, these guys, you know, in, in the junior leagues, you know, the USPHL, you know, they're all talented uh, and they all certainly have the ability to, to steal games. Um, you know, they're physically gifted, but, but how do they approach the game mentally? How are they able to read plays? And then, and then again, emotionally, how are they able to react to a bad goal, to, to a bad bounce, to, um, you know, deflection off their teammate, you know, uh, that's the biggest thing to me. And that's something that I certainly, when it comes to goaltenders, I look at, um, so I wouldn't say no, like there's one style because I've coached, uh, in my six years leading up to this position. Uh, just an incredible group of goalies, all of which are different and they're similar in certain ways, but they're different in certain ways. And um, I've been very fortunate in that regard, but that's kind of, for me, it's just the, you know, looking at them obviously physically, but then emotionally and mentally. Um, and, and that's how I kind of analyze those guys. Certainly. And one more for you before I, I let Dan jump back in here, 
we always end every show with an academic corner where we we try to give uh, I try to give a tip to prospective players and parents out there to help them with their academics. As a coach at the college level, uh, talk to the players at home for just a minute about how important and how integral the academic resume is to what you're doing when you're looking at recruits. Yeah, obviously you continue to improve your grades. You, if you can, uh, if you're still in school, um, certainly a lot of admissions departments kind of pay attention to what you did that senior year um, and, and just continue to challenge yourself. I think that one of the best things about college hockey uh, is that at the division three level, especially it doesn't start until October or in the NESCAC November one. And I think that that's a beautiful thing because it allows you to get into a routine for the first four, five, six weeks of college to understand, okay, I've got class now, I got to grab a bite to eat and then go to a workout. And normally, you know, I would have a practice at this time. So it allows the guys to learn time management. Um, obviously, you know, when guys are coming and making a decision on what school to go to, uh, they're making that decision with the understanding that yes, you know, hockey is, is all good and fun, but uh, how am I setting myself up for the rest of my life? Um, making sure that you're going to a school that has the academics that you want, the program that you want, um, you know, the network to build off of uh, that you want. Um, so there's a, a, a wide range of things um, to go into it. I certainly feel like those are some of the most important, um, but definitely the ability to kind of ease into, um, you know, a routine before the hockey season starts is, is, is important. And, and that's different for everyone. You know, for me, when I was in college, I was a guy that went to the library. Uh, I got work done in the library. Um, sometimes if more of my teammates were there, it took me longer to get work done, but understanding that that's where I would go to get my work done. And, and there's other guys that love to stay in their rooms and they're, they're more productive and most productive when they're doing work in their rooms and various other parts around campuses. So um, certainly pick the right school based on the academics, not, not solely on hockey. Uh, and then when you get there, take advantage of those five to six weeks before the season starts uh, to kind of, to learn and, and to uh, adjust to, to that life. Now, now, coach, we talk about the academic side of it. I, I know you're you're at the starting line of what's going to be a sprint to the start of this inaugural season. So you're still learning the lay of the land and everything. But in terms of academics, what types of programs are available there at Riviera University for some of these prospective athletes and families listening right now? Yeah, it's a it's a good question, uh, Dan. So obviously, we have a lot of those uh, business majors uh, that guys uh, really tend to enjoy and gravitate to business management. Uh, we have a tremendous business MBA program, which is a four plus one, so you get two degrees in in five years. Um, sport management, finance, that sort of thing. But we also kind of have uh, some other really good ones. You know, criminal justice. Another one that I think is really unique. Um, is this uh, Homeland and International Security degree, which is to me pretty neat, along with uh, a cybersecurity management one. Um, and then the biggest thing, the school just built a brand new science center. Uh, it's a beautiful building that I was able to go to uh, for the first time last week and, and take a look at. And as a result, you know, there's some really good sciences uh, programs, you know, biology and, and that sort of thing. And as well as some educational thing uh, programs, guys that want to you know go into teaching and um, and a really really good nursing competitive nursing program as well. So it's a, a wide ranging variety, but it's a, a really good mix that I think is going to offer a lot of of uh, programs to guys with all sorts of varying interests. 
And that's, you want to talk about a coach being ready and prepared. This guy's on day one. He's just moving in. He's figuring out where, where things are. He's still got to find, he's still got to find the gym, the bathroom. He's got to find it all still, but yet he knows the entire program layout. And I'll tell you what players, I always talk about it as a guy who originally went to school thinking he was going to be a film major, bounced around, thought he maybe wanted to teach or coach after school and then ended up in the, the business and broadcasting side of the education world doing a four-in-one program, it's great to have a school like Riviera University where there are a multitude of successful academic avenues for you to go because we all might walk into the building on day one thinking that we want to be the next great mathematician. And then we hit our first calculus class and we're Dan Kane. We don't know what calculus is and we still can't figure out how the numbers go together. We got to make a pivot. We got to make a change. So it's always important to have a great academic menu to pick from as a student, as a, persp a prospective student, as a new student on campus, especially at our hockey level here, folks. I mean, we're, we're joining schools a lot of times later than a lot of these other freshmen on campus. So make sure you find great opportunities like Riviera University, where you have those multitude of options in case you got to change avenues. And coach, your inaugural season is going to be all about finding the, those malleable moves and, and making things happen. And and I want to kind of, obviously, it's a tough question to answer, but what is success to you in year one? Are you, a, are you a quarter pole guy where you cut your year up and you cut your goals up throughout the year? Or are you somebody who has kind of your eyes set on what your goal is here leading up to game one and then running into this first season? Yeah, it is, that's a good question, though. Um, you know, obviously, we all get into this because we're competitive and I want to win. Um, you know, but for me, uh, I kind of have this, uh, I don't know, I'll put it to you like this, like, uh, coaches, we all have, um, coaches that we're fans of. Right. And that's across the board in any sport. And, and one of the guys that I'm a big fan of, uh, he's kind of not having the best year right now, but, uh, last year he did a great job. Um, uh, PJ Fleck, university of Minnesota football, um, he talks about getting the right guys, getting guys that are data oriented, guys that are focused on the process and not just the results. And that's kind of how I am. Uh, I've got a list of objectives for each game uh, that I, I want the team to kind of hone in on. So whether, again, we win five to one um, and we get a low amount of those objectives, we have an understanding that, you know, we did not play our best, that we can play better. Uh, and, and conversely, um, you know, if, if we lose five to one and we get a large amount of objectives, like, yeah, we're upset because we lost, but we have an understanding that, um, you know, we played pretty well tonight and maybe it just wasn't in the cards. But um, certainly I, I want to, like I said, I want to win, but being able to look at it from that type of, a, of an approach, you know, the, the process and not the results. Um, because I think if you get too, too zoned in on the results, um, the highs will be too high and the lows will be too low. And, um, you know, that's just not a fun ride for anyone. So just kind of trying to stay even keel and focus on those, those uh, objectives that we have or will have. And now, I mean, I look at this and I look at the task of recruiting in a normal year with a, a program that's been around for decades in, in COVID-19 and in 2020 going into 2021, obviously it's a, a new recruiting landscape. There's, all new tools that are having to be leveraged in ways like never before, whether it's Zoom or or hockey TV or, or live barn or whatever around the country to see and access live hockey events and see what players are doing. I mean, 
what what's your strategy here recruiting wise trying to build a team you're not just adding to a roster that exists you're you're building a team from the ground up this is a, a scratch made cake right now right you have to get every single ingredient together the right way for day one what are some of the tools you're leveraging what's some of the things you have in, in mind to really get on the recruiting trail and, and have a successful recruiting season yeah again a, a really good question um you know for me, obviously, the goal when you're looking for an entire roster is, is to leave no stone unturned. And that's um, from scouring websites and, and rosters. That's a simple part of it um, to obviously using a network. I think um, everyone that's kind of in this role at the schools across the country has has their network set up that uh, allows them to make a phone call um, to get names to, to kind of move forward on those names. Uh, and then, like you said, technically speaking or technologically speaking, um, the use of, of a, you know, a program like Hockey TV and some other softwares um, that we're kind of in the process of, of acquiring that'll make it a little bit easier to to watch player shifts um, and that sort of thing. But one of the things from my undergraduate uh, years uh, at Western New England that I was told by a professor was sports is not a nine to five job. Uh, it does not stop uh, when five o'clock hits. And, and that's certainly something that I have an understanding of. Um, you know, I'm the only one in the building right now and, and it's going to be like that for a long time. Um, so I am, like I said, leaving no stone unturned. Um, I am going to be again on my phone constantly. I'm going to be on every single piece of software that I could get my hands on, uh, and using my network to the best of my abilities and, and the, you know, what's going on and that's affecting recruiting, um, you know, as, uh, you know, what a mentor again of mine would say is, is, is just a wrinkle. Um, there's going to be a lot that happens in the next 10 months before we hit the ice together for the first time um, at Riviere and, and just having an understanding that, you know, things will go awry. Um, try and approach it with a, a positive mindset um, and, and an even keel. And, and, you know, I, I believe that uh, I will get the job done. I believe that the person that comes on as my assistant next summer will help get the job done. And I believe um, that every member that's a part of Raider hockey next year uh, will do the same. Uh, and it's just uh, having that right mindset going through this entire process. I like the sound of Raider hockey already. What a great time. The last question of the Q and a coach, it's something that we ask every coach, every, every player, every owner, Everybody who joins us to end the Q&A section before we head to our parting words in our academic corner, if I'm a parent or a player that's listening right now and, and I'm thinking about trying to find my next step in my hockey playing journey and I'm trying to take that leap no matter where I'm at in my career, why should I choose Riviera University? And also, how can I choose Riviera University? How do I, how do I get to that next step? How do I take that next step? to playing for coach Eric Sorensen? Great question. Um, for me, uh, it's on having an understanding that, uh, you would be, uh, a part of something special. Uh, I know that, you know, coach Wallach and coach McCauley and several other guys, uh, around the country have started teams over the last several years. Uh, but truth be told, it's not something that happens every day. Uh, you have the opportunity to build a legacy, uh, to be a quote unquote founding father of, of a program that does not yet exist. Uh, and to me, that's something that, you know, when you come back for your 10 year reunion, you know, all, all of us out there that have played college sports uh, understand that the, the, the brotherhood, the sisterhood that comes with 
uh, playing a college sport. Those people are, are your friends for life. Some of them end up in your, uh, in your wedding parties. Um, and, and to be able to sit here 10 years from now in the year 2030, uh, and look back and watching an alumni game or watching a game as an alumni and say, I was a part of the first team at Riviere, uh, I think would be a pretty special thing for anybody. And that's obviously built upon the understanding that, uh, you know, the school has to provide the, the proper academic offerings for the, you know, the potential student athletes as well. Um, that to me is an, is, is an incredibly important, important thing. Like I've said uh, throughout this entire show, I'll continue to say it throughout the entire recruiting process. Um, I'll never be upset with someone that, you know, potentially wants a degree that we don't offer that makes a decision to go elsewhere because that's in their best interest. Um, and as far as getting it started goes, uh, you, you touched on it at the start. I got my email now. Uh, it's on our website, um, esorensen at riviere.edu. And uh, certainly feel free to reach out to me. Uh, we've got a tremendous staff in admissions. We've got a tremendous uh, staff here in athletics and um, you know, looking forward to, to talking to a lot of great people over the next several months as we build Raider hockey. Absolutely love it. I'm ready to run through a wall, folks. And I'll tell you, that experience, I, I, I need to bottle it up for you young athletes at home. There's a different experience. Game one of any season, there's always a different level of butterfly. There's a different level of atmosphere and energy. But I still remember standing next to that cold rink in New Haven, Connecticut, in front of a packed house, as these guys got ready to take the ice for the inaugural season, the first ever hockey game in program history. There's something to it. There's something different. Find out more about it. You can check out Riviera University. We'll also provide the website information. And make sure to reach out to Coach. Don't be afraid to talk. I'll talk about it more in my parting words about my advice for this week. But before that, we got some academic advice. We're talking college hockey right now. So why don't we go to the academic expert of the Dan K show, which is certainly not Dan K. It's Lucas Jones, the academic corner. Thanks, Dan. And I think one of the things that we've talked about on this week's podcast has been essentially has been bravery. It's been the courage, right? It's been, it's been the bravery to get out there and one week on the job, get out there and do your best. And it's been the even mentioned by coach that, you know, you need to be able to reach out. You need to be able to do the things you need to do academically. And I think that one of the things that we can do academically that falls under that category of bravery or courage is to do something that we are currently not good at. Do something that you're currently failing at, because that's the only way to get better. We can continue to work on our strengths and those are fun, but it's a little bit more trying to get out there and work on something that we know that we're bad at. It's fun to go to the driving range and uncork a couple of 300 yard bombs. But if you're too scared to work on your nine iron chip, well, you're not going to ever get good at it. On the academic side of things, if you're not good at essay writing, take a course online. If you're not good at reading for comprehension, maybe look up a tutor in your area or a tutoring company and, and try to get a few hours of tutoring under your belt. The things that we're not good at need to be identified now so they don't become a hamstring to our efforts later down the line. Absolutely great words from Lucas Jones. As always, I feel like you're kind of yelling at me and shouting at me, the past <laughs> educational Dan K. 
but I survived. You know, I got my master's degree. I made it through. I did my four and one as coach talked about at Riviera, great opportunity in the business program there, but we go to our parting words, how we close out each and every week show coach Eric Sorensen, the new head coach for Riviera university's Raider hockey team, the Raiders coach, your parting words for everyone watching this week on the Dan K show. Great question. Uh, so in, in the spring, there was a lot of uh, chains on Twitter, and, and one of them was, you know, a quote, you know, list a quote. Uh, and one of the ones that I have found to be very truthful to me is, is uh, as follows, and it's failure cannot cope with persistence. Uh, I think you guys are all in a, uh, an interesting time as junior hockey players. Um trying to find that next spot, whether it be at the collegiate level or um, just, you know, within your own team's lineup uh, and just continue to, to march forward here uh, regardless of, of the results to understanding um, that if you continue to work hard uh, in the long run, your efforts will be rewarded. And, the, you know, sitting back here saying that to you guys, it's almost like I'm talking to my myself and, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward, like I said, to getting to know everyone. But remember that, you know, failure cannot cope with persistence. I love that quote. And for me, the parting word that was throughout what Coach Sorensen talked about, not just in his playing career, working through his coaching career, but in life in general, the word networking is my parting word this week. And we think about networking and for some reason, folks tend to get stuck on networking as like the the ice cream social or the 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 odd work mixer with folks looking for jobs carrying their resume around in their pocket and handing cards out but networking is in everyday life and everything we do when we hop over the boards and we play our next shift we're networking with the guys on our side and with that team across the way we may never know if we may at the end of our junior hockey career end up playing next to some of those guys that we're chirping at that day on the ice. So remember, every single day in life, every moment, every interaction we have is networking. You look at what Coach has done here, creating opportunities for himself with his ability to create relationships, right? And, and working with guys like Barry Trotz all the way through the collegiate hockey game, now getting a head coaching position. Yeah, I will tell you what, it, with all successful people, we have ladders that were put in front of us by those who surround us and support us. And when we provide support back, when we provide care, that TLC to a relationship, whether it be in our playing career, in our coaching career, in our broadcasting career, or just in whatever our next step in life is, we find success, we create success, and we continue to dominate, make sure to reach out to coach. He gave the email here. You're not going to get that from everybody in the country. Use it. Reach out. Don't be afraid to network. Don't be shy. Don't be, don't be scared that, hey, maybe, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe reach out, talk to coach, make sure to put your face out there, put your, put your play in front of those who can see it at the next level and don't be afraid to network. Every networking opportunity is a good opportunity. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott from the office. This has been Dan K. Remember we are partnered 
with Elite Junior Profiles. Go to www.elitejrprofiles.com to find out more about how to take your recruiting profile to the next level. Also, the USPHL, usphl.com, the premier playing experience in the game of hockey. The Dan K Show, you can check us out at www.dankshow.com. Reach out, talk to us, keep watching and remembering you're listening to the most watched show in junior hockey when Dan K is on a mic. It's always Hockey Night.